Yeah, I mean, I was at the stage that I knew we had to change something. I was tired of of cooking meals that were quote unquote kid approved and having Blake refuse to even touch them. I was frustrated. My husband was annoyed. He was wanting me to just feed them before he got home and we'd eat later because we were tired of all sitting at the table and fighting. And I knew having dinners as a as a family at the table was something that was important to me. So I wanted to to fix that problem and really help educate Blake on why this was important. It wasn't just a, to be a power struggle and, you know, how many bites did he have to eat and him just putting his foot down that he was adamant he wasn't doing it. So I would definitely make the investment again. I mean, it, it hasn't been a quick fix. It's not like we suddenly every night he sits down and loves every bite of food and, and does everything, but meal planning has definitely become less of a burden. Um, both my kids, I mean, I haven't talked much about Chloe because she's my easy eater. <laughs> I mean, it's just been a very different experience between the two kids, but she's picking up on this stuff as well. And they're both learning kind of the different roles and responsibilities of food. And I know that's something that's coming later in this course, but that I learned kind of on the boot camp you did about the roles and responsibilities of of eating. And so they know that I get to choose, you know, what, when and where they eat, and they get to choose if, whether and how much of it they eat. And so that's been helpful for them. Instead of them arguing about what they want for dinner instead, they know if they really don't want something, they don't have to eat it. But I make sure there's always a love it food and a like it food and a learning it food. And some of these different things that they're starting to learn that language, and it's making it easier for us to communicate with one another about why we're eating things or doing things a certain way. Hey mama, I'm Ashley and welcome to the Veggies and Virtue podcast. In this podcast, you will find simple menu ideas, kitchen organizational systems spelled out for mom life and feeding tips and tricks that are both evidence-based and grace-laced. I believe that you can find flexibility when it comes to feeding your family so that you can feel calm, capable, and connected in the kitchen. As a registered dietitian and Christian mom of three myself, I want you to break free from the mealtime battles and to feel equipped while feeding your kids all day long. Pull up a stool at my kitchen counter and let me pour you a cup of coffee and say a quick prayer for you. It's time to chat about the mealtimes, messes, moments, and ministry of motherhood. If you and your husband feel like you've been struggling for quite a while and your family dynamic at the dinner table or really at any mealtime of the day is just tense and stressful and not really enjoyable for anyone, you will definitely want to listen to this interview with Emma today. Emma shares a unique perspective, one, because... I met her almost immediately before she enrolled in Mealtimes Made Easy Method. And so although there are moms like Ellen who have followed me for going on five years or moms who have just connected with me, you can see that moms from all different stages in their journey are really seeking answers. And so Emma shares with us how she was a mom who had read all the books, done all the things that she thought were quote unquote right, and her firstborn by the age of three, really threw her for a loop in in terms of how he was eating. And although her second child and daughter has been a little bit, quote unquote, easier to feed, something she shares in this episode is that she knew she was at a stage that she had to change something because she was tired of cooking meals that weren't kid approved. And she was feeling frustrated, as was her husband, in his level of annoyance that their son wouldn't even touch the food being offered. So if you know this struggle of trying to do the right thing and your child just isn't responding well and instead of creating a positive feeding environment for your family instead it's making everyone agitated and annoyed Emma's interview is going to be for you all right Emma thank you so much for being on the show today I'm excited to get to chat with you 
and have loved having you in the Mealtimes Made Easy Method and getting to know you and your family a little bit better. But for those listening who might be kind of curious a little bit more about your story and what your experience in the program has been, do you mind just taking a quick minute to kind of introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Someone who's been listening to the podcast, it's different to now be on the podcast, but yeah, I'm Emma. I live in Fulcher, Texas. I've been part of the Veggies and Virtue community since about August. So I have a five-year-old son, Blake, and my three-year-old daughter is Chloe. Awesome. And I love that too, because as you mentioned, you're from Fulcher, Texas, which is where I live in um, our kids actually go to preschool together. So it's fun because you're the only person I'm getting to interview that I've actually met in real life. It's rare that the people in my communities are people I actually get to know. So it's fun that I actually get to run into you at preschool drop-off and things in the mornings. But knowing that you're a little bit newer to the community, you know, I have some moms who have followed for years and years, and you were someone I got to meet at kind of one of the initial preschool um, welcome mom workshop type things. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about kind of what was going on with your family's feeding environment and the dynamics with, you know, I know, as you mentioned everyone, and I know that you have two kids and they have different kind of feeding temperaments and things like that. Can you share a little bit more about kind of what your biggest problem or pain point was when you first came to the back to school boot camp and then decided to join the Mealtimes Made Easy method? Yeah, so I I thought I'd done all the right things. I'd made the kids baby food. I'd offered them a bunch of different foods to try. I'd read all the books about kids and healthy eating. And then Blake, who's now five, he turned three and decided he wasn't having any of it. He had been a pretty good eater and he just stopped. So we were having a lot of challenges at mealtimes, trying to get him not just to try new things, but to even eat things he had historically enjoyed eating. So uh, we were... We were having a, a bit of trouble trying to have dinner and my husband was getting frustrated and we were doing the, you know, have this many bites and please eat this bite and you can have this if you'll just eat this and it wasn't working. So I was looking for some way to help improve the mealtime process. So I love that the path just kind of, our paths just happened to cross at kind of the right time, it seems like, especially because I know for some people it takes a long time to kind of be like, okay, I think I need some help with this. And for you, knowing that you had already done a lot of research and read a lot and, you know, kind of done due diligence. And then we're still feeling stuck. I was glad to see our paths cross at the times that they did. And I know that you've done a, a very assertive job of working through the program. You know, it is a self-paced course. And for those who don't know, the Mealtimes Made Easy Method is made up of kind of four core phases. And the reason I broke it down that way is because I want parents to understand that this is something that like you can continue to use and reuse over your family's lifespan. And so with you having the ages and stages of kids that you have, you can continue to practice these habits, but go back to things as you need to, you know, try new things, or as you just kind of develop that muscle, you're going to develop strength in certain areas and then realize weakness in others. And so the way the program is broken down is so that, you know, families can keep coming back to the different phases that they need over time and still getting little pearls of wisdom as they go through. And yet, there's still an element of accountability that you want to work through the course. You know, everyone, I don't know your temperament, Emma, but like some people want to see the checkbox that I've completed the module and I can move on. And there's validation and comfort in that. I think for a lot of us moms who want to check the box and say that we did it. And yet there's also some reassurance that we can come back to things and always reference back and things like that. So with that little disclaimer, walk us through where you're at in the program right now and kind of some of the biggest takeaways that you've maybe had in whatever phase you've gone through. I know you haven't necessarily completed the course yet, but kind of walk me through what that process has been like for starting and completing and kind of where you're at now and taking action. 
Yeah, well, starting, I mean, I, I've got a similar temperament to you. I had kind of thought I'd join and I was going to bang out the whole course and have everything done and be ready to go. And then life happens, right? You have sick kids and things come up. And I love the first phase because that was really the, the kitchen reset. And not only did the course kind of provide the motivation, but it also had great guidance on the best way to reset the fridge and freezer and pantry in a way that was just more functional for my family. You know, we had never had a snack shelf in the fridge. And that was an idea I'd never even thought of. And so resetting to do it that way and have different options. Blake being five is old enough now. He will open that fridge and go to that drawer and get out something that I already know I am happy for him to eat as a snack. And it makes it so much easier at snack time instead of him going into the pantry and looking all around and wanting something out of Halloween basket or he knows where he can go and what he's allowed. And that's made life easier because I've also let them help choose what are some of the things we want to, you know, stock in there at different times. I'm currently working my way through the second phase, which is kind of more the introspective portion on relationships with food which has been interesting. You know, it's something I've thought about over the years, but really reflecting on my history with food and how I may be projecting some of my past experiences on how I talk about food with the kids. It's been really important to me to educate them on what foods they're eating and how that impacts their overall health and their energy, but certainly not wanting to do anything that would ever make them feel anxious about food or self-conscious. And the Mealtimes Made Easy Methods really helped pose good questions for me to reflect on and, and some good tips and tricks and helping get my husband a little more on board with a new approach, right? Saying it's dietitian recommended just helps uh, helps him get on board a little faster than something I found on the internet to try. Yeah, absolutely. I hear that often. It's like when you can go from being like, okay, Ashley or the dietitian, the, the one person we're referring to rather than like, oh, this lady on Instagram or this random, you know, Google guru kind of thing. But I love, um, you know, hearing your experience, especially because as I told you and those who are within the Mealtimes Made Easy Method, the goal of doing phase one was because as we all know, like we can do spring cleaning and spring still comes around the next year. And we still realize we have so much stuff that we need to kind of like prune through and work through. And so the structure of this program is to continue to work through it so that you have, you know, the uh, long-term advancement in your family's nutrition, that you continue to see these habits stack as you kind of continue to rotate through all of these phases, but also that you have those short-term wins of my fridge is set up. And just that sense of on the day-to-day basis, having that, that sense of order and organization. And I know you were one of the first people to share kind of your before and after pictures of the fridge and things like that. And so I love having families have that visual cue, not only for moms, that reassurance of just kind of like, okay, changes are happening, but also for their kids to begin to kind of see whatever, however we've been doing things up until now, even if it's been a total hot mess or an evolving process that we've really tried to invest in, you know, we can continue to make healthy changes each day and how those continue to kind of build, you know, week after week and month after month. So what would you maybe say about or I should say, say to a mom who might be kind of on the fence about joining, you know, for you, I did the back to school boot camp, and I know you were a part of that. And this workshop will take a little bit different format and have, you know, different content and things like that. But for a mom who, you know, does the workshop, and I know you specifically have told me different little nuggets that you got out of the workshop that in and of themselves in the fall were really helpful. And yet you still decided to go forward with joining the program. So can you talk to me about kind of what was your impetus to join after back to school boot camp and what you might say to a mom who feels a little bit on the fence about joining? 
Yeah, I mean, I've gotten a lot of value out of it already, and I'm only halfway through it. Um, like I said, I thought I'd get through this really quickly, and it's taken a little bit longer, but that's part of what I love about it. It's not on a set timeline. I can go listen to one part of a module when I get time or sit and and crank through kind of a, a couple of different sections at once. Um, and having you, you know, you've made yourself available once a month to the group that's working through it, which has been really helpful to pose questions and keep asking things. And I think having the ability to have that dialogue as well as just a course, it's what's made it, you know, worth continuing to do something versus just one boot camp. You know, you can buy a lot of programs and sit and try and self go through them, but I've had questions as I go along and to have that conversation, not just with you, but with some of the other moms in the program and hear what other people are going through and what they've tried and how that works, I think is, is a lot of value that's hard to quantify. Yeah, no, and I appreciate hearing that because I think especially as we're in January, we can all set really lofty goals. And it's like, as soon as our kids go back to school and the first case of the flu or RSV or whatever hits, it's like all of our New Year's ambitions are derailed. And yet I appreciate you speaking to those aspects because I think it does speak to some of the value of not just like a self-paced course, which is great if we can keep ourselves accountable and do that, but also having the added accountability of not just times to meet, but also, you know, those kind of checkpoints along the way to kind of help us keep the course. So that's something I want to ask you about, because it's something I, you know, have long struggled with as a business owner. I just want, I mean, ideally I'd love to give everything away for free because I just really want to serve the mom. And yet I know the topic of cost and the investment of things that we purchase for our kids is a huge topic, especially right now, as we all face the rising cost of inflation and things like that. So when you compare the cost of what you invested in Mealtimes Made Easy on all the other things you might spend money on for your kids, whether it's those monthly, you know, tumbling classes or Taekwondo lessons or piano lessons or these things that developmentally, we just want to offer our kids the opportunity to try and to be exposed to versus kind of the value and the investment that you made in your family's feeding foundation and the nutrition of your children. Something that, you know, does sometimes, well, I don't know. I mean, seeing our child develop in baseball is going to take over a decade to really see like pan out in any way, shape or form. But, you know, sometimes this is a slower process and it's a long-term commitment and investment. Can you kind of speak to that? Because you did pay for this course and you did choose to make that investment, but I would love to hear kind of how you initially wrapped your head around making the investment. And then number two, do you feel like it's been worth it? And again, this is, this is live recording. So you can say whatever you want here. You know, I want you to be honest so other families can kind of help evaluate if it's a good fit financially for them. Yeah. I mean, I was at the stage that I knew we had to change something. I was tired of, of cooking meals that were quote unquote kid approved and having Blake refuse to even touch them. I was frustrated. My husband was annoyed. He was wanting me to just feed them before he got home and we'd eat later because we were tired of all sitting at the table and fighting. And I knew having dinners as a, as a family at the table was something that was important to me. So I wanted to to fix that problem and really help educate Blake on why this was important. It wasn't just a, to be a power struggle and, you know, how many bites did he have to eat and him just putting his foot down that he was adamant he wasn't doing it. So I would definitely make the investment again. I mean, it, it hasn't been a quick fix. It's not like we suddenly every night he sits down and loves every bite of food and, and does everything. But meal planning has definitely become less of a burden um, both my kids, I and mean, I haven't talked much about Chloe because she's my easy eater. <laughs> I mean, it's just been a very different experience between the two kids, but she's picking up on this stuff as well. 
And they're both learning kind of the different roles and responsibilities of food. And I know that's something that's coming later in this course, but that I learned kind of on the boot camp you did about the roles and responsibilities of, of eating. And so they know that I get to choose, you know, what, when, and where they eat, and they get to choose if, whether, and how much of it they eat. And so that's been helpful for them instead of them arguing about what they want for dinner instead they know if they really don't want something, they don't have to eat it. But I make sure there's always a love it food and a like it food and a learning it food. And some of these different things that they're starting to learn that language. And it's making it easier for us to communicate with one another about why we're eating things or doing things a certain way. And one thing Blake really grasped onto was kind of the zero to three approach of whether things have you know healthy fat, protein, or fiber in them. And so on days he has gymnastics, if he wants to grab something quick out the snack drawer, that maybe is a one, right? It just has fiber in it. It's easy now to explain to him, well, we really want to have a three snack today because it's going to be later for dinner. And he totally gets that now. And so without a huge fight about why he really just wanted that thing, he will help, let me help him choose something that is, that is a better snack for him. And so that's just been wonderful for us, right? Do we still have tension over food? Yes. I mean, we're still working through the process and getting there, but We've had a lot of quick wins and things that have made it much easier to have those conversations and to keep working through the process of eating as a family and trying new things. And so I've, I've found it to be very valuable. That's great. Well, thank you. I, I, it's obviously humbling to hear, but I also really appreciate getting to hear it because, you know, that's, that's the value I want to provide. And obviously this is a business, so I have to charge for some of my services. And yet I want to make sure that families are getting their value. And sometimes as moms, I think we can belittle the value of mental strain or lack thereof. Sometimes we just assume motherhood is hard. Feeding is supposed to be, or, you know, feeding just is hard, especially from breastfeeding or bottle feeding through, you know, introducing solids and the mess of that and the food everywhere. And, you know, the toddler tantrums, everything. It's like, things just feel hard. So sometimes I think we can just belittle making the investments to make things easier. And as you said, it's not necessarily, it's, I can, unfortunately, I can't meal plan for you, even though you are local. I can't come over and just deliver dinners on your door every night and feed your kids for you, even though I would find that, you know, rather enjoyable. The reality is, is you still have to put in the work, but not having that, that mental strain and some of that mental clutter of like how to handle this and the relational tension that that can create parent to child, but also parent to parent and things like that, you know, can have a tremendous value that I think gets undervalued often. So before I started recording, you and I were talking about something kind of fun. I'd love to um, have the listeners here. But the last question that I want to ask every guest that I interview, at least this coming year, maybe in the years to come, is tell me what a, what meal communicates comfort to you. Because it might be one from your childhood that you remember your family making, or it might be one that a friend brought to you when you were postpartum and had a meal train set up. I think it's just so fun to hear kind of what is something nostalgic or special or meaningful to you in a meal that has been made for you or provided for you and blessed you in some way in the past. Yeah. So ours, so I'm British originally. And so we used to always eat steak pie on New Year's day and still do. And it's a meal that I continue to make with the kids because fortunately it's one of those meals that not only is it kind of hearty, but both my kids like it. I asked Chloe one day, my husband was taking Blake to the movies and I was like, let me know what meal you want me to cook. We'll have a mummy daughter night. And she asked for steak pie, which I wasn't expecting. Blake would have said pizza or a burger. Chloe wanted peas with it. I mean, and, and it's even just funny when we eat this meal, we sit and Chloe will eat the beef and then the peas and the carrots and then some pastry. And Blake will eat all of his pastry 
and then the beef and then kind of move the peas around the plate. And he'll eat some of them because he knows that's the expectation, but usually end up with peas kind of circling the plate. And he says he's eaten them all. And you're like, yeah, you've kind of dispersed them a lot, but he's had some. And so I'll take it. But they're just so different at even the same food while they eat it, approaching it so differently. And so it it's fun to see. And I'm like, I'll take the wins that they eat it and there's no fighting. And, you know, not everyone's going to eat every piece of every food and that's fine. But um, that's a food that we've always eaten kind of as a family as I was growing up and that I'm pleased is now something I can eat with my kids. Yeah. And I think it's so important for families to have that um, feeling that things that were special to you, they don't get like tarnished a little bit when we start offering them to our kids. Cause I know for me, there's certain foods that like are super nostalgic to me. And when I give it to my kids, it's like, if it's not well received by them, sometimes it can almost like take away from like me even putting the effort into making this, you know, childhood favorite kind of thing. And so I love that you've offered it. It's even better that they have been well received to it. But I think it's funny, as you mentioned the peas, because in phase four, you will get to that. It talks a lot about some of the tactics you can use for those learning it foods. So kind of like, how do you help expose your kids to vegetables? And when they are exposed to it, like, how do you help make it a positive and productive experience rather than one that like you're pressuring or bribing them and stuff? So I, I just thought of that since you're not even at that phase yet of the program. Um, just thinking that I think that'll be a really fun one for Chloe and Blake to get to enjoy when you guys get there. So thank you for sharing that with us. And I think this always just gives everyone something kind of new to try because I know personally, I've never made a steak pie, but I feel like it might be something that my family would like. So it'd be fun to fun to try it. I'll have to get like your family recipe from you and um, try it out here and see how it goes. Absolutely. Well, that is going to be a wrap for today. I appreciate you so much, Emma, just being willing to take the time and share your feedback on Mealtime Made Easy with other listeners who kind of might be considering if it's a good fit for them, if it's something that they want to start committing to in the upcoming year and just kind of getting the feedback firsthand from you. So thank you so much for taking the time and being here. Thanks again. I hope our interview today with Emma was helpful for you. Again, I just want to share the perspective of different people because while I'm happy to talk with you individually or on Instagram or on email or however you choose to reach out about the Mealtimes Made Easy course, I also want you to understand how it's working for other people and hear it from them, not just hear it from me. So I encourage you to go to mealtimesmadeeasy.com to get more information on the program, read more of the testimonials from other moms who have worked over the years and to understand more about how this approach might work for you and your family if and when you feel like you have to relearn how to feed your kids all over again. I want you to see what's possible when you start to build the right habits and you can feel motivated to keep the course each and every day no matter your child's feeding temperament.